Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. Ralph Waldo Emerson. Hello, I'm G. And I'm M. And what are we talking about today, M? Well, it was your topic. You chose kink events and socialization as our kinky topic. Yeah, so I want to talk about what it would be like to sort of... Well, originally I came up with this topic idea during the summer <laughs> when it looked like COVID was going away. And I was like, let's go out and do events again. Here we are in September, and it's like, no, not so much on going out and doing events. No, not so much. But there were events this summer, kinky camp events. There were munches. There were, I hear, gee, that there were makeout parties. There were makeout parties. I even attended. I even attended. attended. I even attended a makeout party. Isn't that weird? (laughs) That is weird. But at that time, we thought... Yeah. <laughs> that was fine to do. Uh, uh, no, yeah. I mean, that's just, like, weird for me personally. <laughs> like, oh, just I see. to go out. Uh, like, everybody who I've told about this are like, who are you? And what have you done with the real G? <laughs> no, I think I totally expected you to be doing something like that. I know. I, I got quite a few reactions of, like, who are you? <laughs> do I even know you anymore? But yeah, originally I came up with this topic when we were looks like when it looked like we were going back to having events more in person. Of course, you may still be going out to in-person events like it all depends on your personal Rick, Rick, your own personal risk profile. But yeah, I want to sort of talk about the different kinds of events that you could go to, you know, what sort of some of the expectations can be at those events. Uh, some of the pros and cons to going to these events, because there are some cons to going to in-person events when compared to virtual ones. I know we also wanted to talk about a um, little bit about introversion in and how that might play out. Yeah. And as you mentioned, also, I well, we didn't mention so far was also like, how do you even find these events? Right, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the topic that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we start diving into it? No, I think that's that's a good overview. Let's go for it. Okay. So, so the very... F- oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to start out and say, sorry, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. You go ahead. Okay. You don't want to choo-choo, chuck ahead with your train of thought? No. I don't know why I went with choo-choo. <laughs> I will not choo-choo ahead. Sorry, listeners, I'm kind of tired, so there's going to be some wacky things coming out of my mouth today. So yeah, the very first kind of event that I want to talk about, uh, which was sort of what I was originally thinking about when I first came up with this idea, but we later expanded it to talk about other things, was uh, munches. And audience folks, you know us. We love definitions here on KNP. So 
I found a definition for a munch, which I thought was pretty good. I found it on an Urban Dictionary, I think. <laughs> nice. So, what is a munch? Oh, well, yeah, it says right here, a definition from Urban Dictionary. Uh, a definition from Urban Dictionary. A low-pressure social gathering at a restaurant or pub for people into BDSM, particularly intended for people new to the scene who might be intimidated by a play party. And that kind of sums it up. I mean, there are some caveats I'd like to add on to that. You know, it doesn't have to, it happens at a restaurant or a bar. The origin of the word munch, I think, is like meeting slash lunch, which when you portmanteau it turns into munch. That's the correct use of portmanteau, right? No idea. Okay. But I'm nodding my head and I'm saying linguistics. <laughs> yep. So while the and munches come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, some of them are like long established events that have been going on for decades. They're really large. Uh, others, you know, are relatively small affairs between like you know close groups of friends. They're different themed munches. Like uh, you know, I know like you know for people who are interested in a particular like kink or fetish. I know there's like a tickle. I'm not sure if it's exactly a munch, but I know there's like a tickle group in the area that hosts like regular events uh, for people who are into tickling. And like Uh, there might be also like there's local like hypnosis meetups that are just for people who are into hypnosis. Yeah, which I'm sure you're intimately aware of since you're pretty big into hypnosis. Uh, Now, this definition from Urban Dictionary does say it's particularly intended for new people, but I'd argue that it's it's not just a useful thing for new people. It's useful for people who are even sort of veterans of the scene. Like, I've been out of the scene for the last three years, essentially, due to various reasons, some of them financial, some of them global worldwide pandemic. That's a big one. That, that, That is a big one. So, you know, I've I've also moved a couple times in the intervening period. Uh, so, you know, when I was trying to sort of get back into a social groove this summer, what were people calling it on the internet? I don't think anybody called this and called it called this in real life, but I think people on the internet were calling it hot vac summer. <laughs> okay. I don't think anybody in real life ever said those words. <laughs> I have not heard that. No. I'm pretty sure it's just people on Twitter, but so yeah, I was, you know, I, I want to sort of get back. I want to meet up with people who are local to my area, people who might have similar interests to me. So I started looking for a munch, um, which I feel like as is as good a segue to go into like where you can find these kinds of events. So we've we've kind of talked about some of these places before in our previous episode about uh, kink and social media. Right. Yeah. I, I was going to mention that we had, oh, well, we talked about kink and social media and we also covered some of this in the kinky, kink, kink in the time of coronavirus. Yeah. So places like FetLife is a big one to find munches. Facebook groups, Discord. I also know there's like various kinky groups on chatting apps like Telegram and Kick. So I assume that, you know, if you can get into those groups, some of them run munches on a regular basis. So yeah, when I was trying to sort of get back into a social groove and 
you know, meet up with new people. I look, I went on, I logged onto FetLife and I uh, looked for a munch local to my area. And that's when I started to go out and meet new people. Yeah. And while I don't necessarily love FetLife, as anybody would know from listening to our episode on uh, social media and kink, it is a good way to find these events where you can just kind of search your area and munch or play party or whatever it is that you want to go to and honestly these days I feel like you can just straight up google a thing because I've seen you know if you just type in the right keywords uh into google you'll probably find an event near you somehow yeah I mean I think I've seen like I think I've I'm not 100% certain about this but I think I've seen kinky munches on meetup.com yeah, I think so. I think I've seen that too. So I think, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like a couple of Google searches probably would find something. Uh, of course, you know it depends on the area. You know how readily available something's going to be. You know if you're in the Midwest, it's probably going to be harder to find a group, a local group, than it is uh, either the coasts of America. Right. I think this would be a great time, G. I wanted to before you know we get into the nitty-gritty of these things let's just talk about our personal experience what was your very first munch like g my very first munch all right hold on how did you i want to know how did you feel going into it i want to know were you nervous were you you know what was like what motivated you to go who told you about or how did you find out about i want to know everything okay Sorry, I'm, I'm casting. I'm casting back into my memory to see like what was the very first munch I went to. So I think so. This isn't this isn't sort of a traditional munch, but I think the very first sort of munch like event I went to was a was a game meetup at our local kink club. Basically, once a month on Sundays some gamers would get together and meet at the at the kink club to play board games later on i think they expanded to like also do crafting things but that's actually where i uh met t for the first time was at that was at that kinky uh, gamers munch and uh we sat down together and i taught her and a couple other people how to play uh a board game, uh, Asara, and that's how I met T. And what was what were your feelings going into it? Were you nervous to go to that event? Oh yeah, I mean i I purposely chose an event which had like another overlapping interest, and because the nice thing about board games is that you can sort of chat while you're playing the game, or you can also just focus on playing the game. <laughs> so you know, it's it makes for sort of a nice structured structured conversation so you don't have to like you're not like lost in the eddies of small talk right there's something else going on how are you doing i'm doing fine how are you i'm doing fine how's the weather the weather's great right you know when yeah the games gives you a little something else to focus on games give you something else to focus on and for me like you know i'm pretty big into board games so i'm also teaching how to play the board game a lot of times I'm teaching how to play it, which, you know, sort of helps give me something else to talk about. So, yeah, I was pretty nervous uh, going to my first uh, first one. But, you know, met some nice people there. I think I was actually more nervous when I went to my 
to the first like sort of actual munch where it's just like, oh, I have to like go to this restaurant and be social with people. Yeah. Yeah. But it was pretty nerve wracking the first couple times I went. So I want to share my first uh, munch of uh, experience. Yeah, go for and it. And this will also lead into what are the cons of a munch. Okay. So I went to a munch uh, when I was in undergrad and it was at a Panera in like the back room when you can reserve it. And it was free as long as um, everybody ordered something. That was like what they required of you. You had, if you were going into that room, you had to order something. Okay. Um, And it was a really packed, crowded, tiny back room. And there was like probably 15 of us. Um, and it, it, it was a very small room with one long table. Um, so it was definitely overcrowded. It was hard to, um, talk to people and I was definitely nervous and I was definitely awkward and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And also I was a young perceived as a woman person who, you know, the, uh, person in charge of the munch was very predatory. And this can happen at munches and because munches, like you, I think you had mentioned like that they're geared towards newer people. They're geared towards people who might not be comfortable with going to a play party yet. And unfortunately, like because they attract newer people, that means like the people who want to abuse newer people or want to take advantage of the vulnerability of newer people um, can kind of capitalize on that at a munch. And so I had someone making unwanted advances on me and later had someone even like check in to see if I was okay. But the thing is like when you're new and and you don't know anything of anything, I didn't know anything. I was like, Oh yeah, this is totally normal. Right? Like, I don't know. I was awkward. How am I supposed to know? I thought that this, okay, this is how munch goes, you know, like, um, these older men are gonna do this to you. So unfortunately, like my first munch experience wasn't the best. So like, that was, again, it was also like in a Panera back room and, you know, it's, it's just munches. I think they just never were my thing. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, I had a bad experience, but also I don't think they are. Yeah. I know now there's other events that I've been to in the sort of the same vein of a munch, but like kinky happy hour, like for example. Yeah. Where the purpose is like, not just, it's not, um, I mean, it's, it's different. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but I think like, because the, the goal. I'm not sure if I can help you out here. Cause I just kind of, in my mind, just sort of mentally grouped the happy hour sort of under the munch umbrella. Mm-hmm. Just cause I kind of think of them as both being sort of social events where you're not like where there isn't like pressure to go like play so i'm not sure if i can help you with this distinction oh yeah because for you that yeah and i do think like a happy hour is a type of munch but i think like the vibe that i get from it is just really different okay and maybe that's because when i've gone to happy hour i've just been in more of the mindset of oh, this is a space where people might flirt with me. I found that at least at kinky happy hours that people are more flirtatious and playful, even if there's not any play explicitly going on, but you sort of go into it with that mindset that 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 might be the general vibe. I think, whereas like at a munch where you're like sitting down at a restaurant, it's a little bit, 
can be stiff and formal and awkward in a way, I guess. Okay. At least that's been my experience, which also then made like the unwanted advances also like extra, like what is going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously like the predatory behaviors can happen at any kink event, not just munches, but because it does attract a lot of new people, then I think that it's, it ends up being um, kind of a place for, for this to happen to exploit new people because they don't know the rules. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the sort of big note that I, I put in under cons is going to a, going to a bad munch is worse than going to no munch at all. Absolutely. That's a great quote, by the way. Yeah. I actually adopted it from a D and D aphorism or RPG aphorism of like a bad game is worse than no game at all. Wow. Is that a saying? It is online. I don't think I've ever actually heard anybody say it to my face, but I've wow, occasionally gone through um, the RPG horror stories subreddit, and that's a pretty common saying on that subreddit of like, no game is better than a bad game. Wow. <laughs> to which, you know, I, I kind of agree. Like, you know, a bad game, like, no game means like, oh, like, you know, I go out and do something else. You know, bad game like leaves like a, can leave a real bad taste in your mouth. Well, that makes me really never want to DM ever. I don't want to be the cause of a bad game. <laughs> no way. The other thing that I sort of, I, I don't think I put this down in the notes, but something I, I think of as sort of a con to some of the munches that I've been to is that the, this happens more sort of very munches that have been going on for a very long time, but they can be very clickish and actually not that welcoming to new people. <laughs> like they... If you if you go to like a long ongoing munch, like everybody has their friend groups and they just talk to their friend groups. And if you're a new person there, it's like, well, I guess I'll just sit here in between these two friend groups and just eat my mozzarella sticks. And I feel that this is common of any event, really, even at the bigger events, like everything from a munch to a house party to a kink camp. I mean, at camp, right, because for our audience, folks who don't know. There are like really large kink events that happen at like campgrounds. And even there, it's very cliquish. Like groups of cabins have names of, and only certain people are allowed in certain cabins. And there's like whole groups that take over parts of like the camping area, like with the tents. So like you have like tent groups or whatever they're called. And it just gets to be kind of ridiculous in a way. But like that is also, I feel like it's very human nature that at any of these events, you're going to get the clickish, everybody sticks to their own group kind of thing. Yeah, I just, I guess I'm sort of the opinion that's kind of on the, it's kind of on the event organizer to try to like, make sure that new people are, are welcome. Are feeling welcome. Yeah. yeah. And I've definitely been to events where I was just kind of left by myself for the entire event. And on the end of it, I... It's like, well, I guess I'll go home now, having talked to no one. <laughs> uh, which is actually something I was afraid of when I went to a munch this summer, to, to, to a local munch. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's going to be another cliquish group of people who've known each other for like 10 years. And uh, turns out it was the very first time that munch had ever been run. <laughs> so wow, we got to get onto the ground floor of a munch. That's awesome. Now, this is not me saying that every munch is like this. But it is it is a potential downside if you go out to a munch is that it might be very clickish and a little bit 
Um, a little bit hard to sort of get into the friend groups that are already established. So we talked about munches being like kind of the small event, although as mentioned, the munches can get quite large too. So they can kind of range in size, but I kind of think of house parties as being like the small to medium events where this is like, you know, people. So like generally you have to know someone who's hosting to get into a house party. It can also be like slightly better experience because of the vetting process, because everybody has to kind of know the host or, you know, know someone close to the host. And because of that, it could be like, it could be potentially better in that sense. But like, as I had mentioned in, in the munch section, predatory people exist everywhere. And so also, even if, you know, there's vetting going on, the host could be predatory and also the host could be letting people in who are predatory because that's their friends or whatever. Um, so it's also a risk of course, but have you, so G before you got into like big, bigger events, did you go to a house party? No, in fact, I, I never, I, I once went to an, I once went to a violent wand class at somebody's house, but I've never, I never really went to a house party because I just, it was a combination of me not knowing the right people. And at a certain point, I was just more comfortable at like going to a kink club than I was going to somebody's house in the suburbs. It wasn't really until I started going to uh, to swinger events this past summer that I went to parties that were happening at somebody's house. But even then, that's a little bit different because like it's being organized by a group. Uh, so it's not just like the host who's throwing the party. It's like there's a group that's like working on organizing the event. So I don't know if that qualifies as like a house party. Yeah, I think I realized that, especially because I started kink in the middle of nowhere. I started kink in, uh, I wasn't close to any city. So I didn't have access to a convenient like dungeon, kink dungeon or kink club. So house parties were actually pretty common around me because that, and even to get to some of them, it was still a 40 minute drive. Mm-hmm. But I did go to a house party and it was a pretty good experience. I knew people there, um, obviously, and I, I knew the hosts personally. And the hosts kind of set up like their own house rules. So that's the other thing too, is like at munches and at bigger events, there's often like kind of an agreed upon set of rules that a lot of people just follow because it's like sort of a kink community standard, if you will. But at house parties, like things get a little bit murky because it's like up to the person whose house it is to kind of more or less set the rules. And you don't have like something that you have at bigger kink events, like uh, play parties at kink clubs and dungeons and things like that. You have uh, dungeon monitors, whereas like those are the people that check and make sure things are safe, make sure that like consent is being adhered to and so on and so forth. And you don't really have those at house parties, right? So like the, the one that I went to, all of the play happened in the basement, which was like one room. Mm-hmm. And then there was like socializing outside. There's like there's a nice fire going. There was food. There was chatting. Um, so it's like a lot of socialization upstairs. And then like if you were able to grab a bit of time downstairs, then you could actually do some kink. So yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed my time going to house parties. I liked the smaller environment compared to a kink club, but I also really enjoy doing. I can get larger things too. It's just, I, I don't know. Like for me, like the smaller vibe is just a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. 
I know. I feel like it's hard to say whether the events I've been going to like really sort of qualify as house parties since, I, like I said, they're sort of run by a group. Right. So I'm not sure if I've ever sort of experienced that smaller, smaller vibe um, that right. I've experienced. But, you know, who knows what will happen in the future. Maybe we can go to like a smaller event together or. I've always dreamed of having like my own house parties in the future. <laughs> Having like a club, club M in my basement, you know, club M, club M. And like, it would be nice to have a space. Like one of the advantages that I could see of like being able to host my own parties is that I could do something like a totally formal gathering. So like if, if we wanted everybody to be in like a power exchange dynamic, that would be something that we could like more easily do. Whereas you can't mandate like people coming to your big kink con to, I guess there, there are probably some conventions that focus solely on that but even like because i've been to a master slave conference yeah that's what i was thinking of when you were talking about that yeah that's a very big formal event but they're not uh like i went and i wasn't in any dynamic with anybody and you have people floating around who are not in dynamics with people and there's no imposed upon formality on you which is good like i feel like that's that was good <laughs> i prefer it that way but if I were going to have something at my place, then I could uh, kind of set the house rules that I would want. And that would that could be a lot of fun as long as everybody, obviously, who wants to come is consenting to that. Yeah. I imagine another another upside to to running parties out of your house would be to, like, have your own, the furniture that you want there. <laughs> yeah. The furniture and the tools and everything. Yeah. Like, I remember the the class I went to the person essentially converted their entire first floor into a play space. And like, like there was rigs and St. Andrew's crosses and like, there's no, like you walked into this house and like, you knew exactly what it was. <laughs> like, there's no way of hiding it. Um, so I, I guess like this person just lived like that uh, with their first floor is like essentially being like a dungeon area. And, you know, there's always, like, there's there's this one piece of furniture at, like, one of my, at one of the local clubs that has since closed, which I was like, I really wish, like, I could just have that piece of furniture. Because it was, like, a, it was, like, a chain link spider web in, like, a frame. Mm-hmm. Which I always thought was, like, a lot of fun. But it, as far as I know, that was the only club that had it. And now that's closed. Like, well, I guess I'm just never going to see that piece of furniture ever again. Right. Yeah, so there's definitely advantages to house parties. And there's advantages to bigger kink events, too. Like, going to, um, I I do a lot of uh, boot blacking. We did an episode on boot blacking, I think, forever ago. And I will often give demonstrations of boot blacking at these bigger events. Like, especially for the um, 101 nights, where you can go and you can get a little taste of everything at a bigger event. And so there'll be like a a whipping station, there'll be a fire cupping station, there'll be a violet wand station. And I got to do like a boot blacking uh, station, you know, and being able to bounce around, try new things. I think that's a great event for um, a newbie, to be honest, is like a big kink 101. I think if yeah, between the munch and like the munch social aspect and the Kink 101 where you can go and, like, try a little bit of everything. Plus, like, the Kink 101s that I've been to, there's always been a consent class in the beginning. And, like, a rundown of, like, this is what the Kink community is. Here's a consent basics. And then we're going to have all these different stations. Feel free to try them out. So it's not a play party because you're not going and doing your own scenes. 
and everything is very supervised. The lights are all super on. It's not like, cause you know, during a play party, the lights are normally like dimmed and stuff to create that mood or whatever. So I really have enjoyed bigger events when it's like that kink 101 feel. And I think those are great. If you are a new person to the scene or haven't been to a, a kink event yet, if you happen to find a kink 101 near you, I would recommend. Yeah, um, that's the, those are uh, for the first like three or four months. I did nothing but go to like the monthly kink 101 event just to be like, I want to try every single station here before I go out and like try to figure out what I like. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that's how I discovered I like I loved Violet Wand. It's how I discovered like I like knives. I also discovered some things I didn't like. I mean, one thing that like I kind of knew I wasn't going to like was like I tried being spanked and I didn't like that. I I was pretty sure I wasn't going to like it, but, you know, it was good to have that confirmation. Another thing which I didn't like, which kind of surprised me was uh, was wax play. I was going to say I actually love wax play and I found that out at a kink 101. Yeah, uh, this is like I feel like I'm kind of like the odd one out in the kink in the kink community because of this. Because, like, I've tried wax play a couple times, and each time, like, I don't, it just feels itchy to me. <laughs> Which doesn't seem to be the sensation that anybody else gets out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would also highly recommend going to, like, Kink 101 events. I know, of the Kink clubs I know of that are still open, I think both of them run, like, 101 events, like, towards the beginning of each month. Like, first Friday or Saturday. Yep. Yeah. I think it's a great event personally. So yeah. All right. So we've talked about, you know, munches. We've talked about house parties. We talked about these kind of bigger events and we we mentioned kink camps and things like that. One of the things that I was going to say is like a con is that there's a lot more people at these bigger events and that can be overwhelming for newer folks or introverts or just people who simply don't like crowds for whatever reason. Okay. I I do need to add another con here because... Going to a large-scale kink event as a part of a relationship can be a real crucible for your relationship, especially if you're new, uh, because, like, you know, there's all the stuff that's going on, and you also need to, you know, if you're if you're kinky and poly, you're, you're finding new people who are doing new things with you, and I've seen... My relationship with T got tested the first couple times that we went to large events together. And I've definitely seen like relationships crumble at large events the first time people went to a large event. Yes, I do agree with you. Large events, especially if you're um, polyamorous or open or have an open relationship or just want to play with other people and test things out, really like there's a lot of factors um, that can test relationships on top of just, you know, finding out more about yourself and exhibiting different sides of yourself as well, because you're probably going to show off a little bit of a different side of you at a big event. I actually have had, I've had mixed experiences at big events going in a relationship, but I will say one of my fondest memories is going to Charmed, the hypnosis event in Maryland with X. And, you know, we went a night early to spend that night just us. And then we had agreed that we would, you know, check in and whatever, spend some time together and maybe go to some classes together. But otherwise, we were just kind of like 
let each other float around and do our own thing. So I think both of us were really able to get our needs met. However, I've also had really negative experiences going to an event with someone in a relationship. But normally that's also when the relationship already had troubles and we didn't communicate effectively about our problems ahead of time or while they were happening at the event, we were unable to communicate those difficulties. Yeah, like I said, like these events can be real crucibles for polyamorous or open relationships. And, you know, if the relationship is already like struggling a little bit before you go into a large event, it's going to be that much worse. Absolutely. Yeah, I've similarly heard lots of people have breakups at events and everything. And I have been broken up with at a large scale event. So yeah, I've I I have not been broken up with at a large scale event, you know, fingers crossed about that. But yeah, I've definitely seen uh, some relationship breakdowns happen uh, as a bystander at, at large events. I will say too, I have been broken up with at a large scale event, but I've also met some of my most wonderful play partners at large scale events too. Like I've had the beginnings of relationships at large scale events as well. I think it's Khalil, Khalil Gibran who says like, uh, just as love crowns you, so too shall it crucify you. I think that's the thing with any endeavor where you're going in for interpersonal dynamics and relationships is there's the good and the bad. I mean, technically, like, it was a while before we actually started, like, having, like, an actual relationship, but our first sort of interactions were at large-scale events, right? Yep. Because you would would black my boots. Yeah, and I remember seeing you working at an event, and you always waved high, and you were just a very, you know, honestly, you were very optimistic like kind of grounding face for me to see. Okay. And it was very funny because I couldn't for the life of me remember your name uh, whenever you'd wave to me. And I'd be like, I don't, what's, I can't remember their name. Um, I think I called you about five different names to other people. I was like, oh yeah, the person, that name, you know? And then people were like, there's no one named that. Like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm like, whatever. All right, I'm I'm fascinated by this, okay? Because I guess I was like, y- you were teaching classes and stuff. And I just kind of always, like I said hi to you. I didn't really assume that you remembered me because <laughs> I've always thought of myself as being a pretty like uh, unmemorable figure at these events. Like I don't do anything particularly splashy, and I don't and I don't teach any. I I didn't really teach any classes, and I'm not particularly uh, socially adept. So I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that you even remembered me. <laughs> yeah, you were the nice person who always said hi to me. <laughs> but I couldn't remember your name, so. Yeah, so I've met a lot of really amazing people at events, found some wonderful pl- partners, and started new relationships at events. And that's kind of, that's one of the nice things about going to larger events is, like, a lot of the larger events will even have, like, um, a play thread or something like I'm looking for XYZ or blah, blah, blah. I want to bottom to this or, and you can kind of find people who want to do your thing. Yeah. Sort of um, like a looking for page. Right. And uh, I, I eventually found this is just for me personally. I eventually found that if I wanted to have like fun, large scale event, I need to plan out my time ahead of right. in advance because again, I'm not particularly socially adept. I seem to have gotten better about that. So, 
you know, I had to plan things out. Otherwise, nothing would happen. And I would just feel extremely disappointed in myself. I feel like I uh, don't like to plan things out at events at all. Um, I, I also will say, too, I volunteer at a lot of events. And this is great for audience folks to know. You can volunteer for kink events and often they will give like 50% or more of your admission discounted. So that's really nice. And plus there's other perks for a lot of events too. Sometimes they cover your hotel room or at least part of it. Um, Sometimes they'll help cover your meals and so on and so forth. So volunteering is great. And I have volunteered for almost every single kink event I have ever attended because I was a poor student um, when I started going to events and I really needed the discount. And so I just, I do my shifts. I schedule my shifts first and foremost, and I put those as my priority. Even though you can say like, oh, you, I want to go to this class, so can I not volunteer at that time? And they'll try to accommodate you, which is good. But I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to work, do my work, whatever it is, boot blocking, volunteering, or teaching, or whatever. And whatever else happens around that time happens. I'm just going to let, let it happen. Um, and that's, for me, been better uh, strategy for me. I also was going to say, like, you know, the looking for page or whatever at the uh, hypnosis event that I mentioned, Charmed, they uh, have a board where you just write up like what you're looking for and you sign your name and then people have to try to hunt you down and find you. And I met, you know, one of my play partners at the time through that, you know, board. And I just happened upon them. I said, oh, are you that person who's into this thing that was on the board? And he was like, yeah, I'm that person. You want to do that thing? And it was just, it was great. So yeah, I've had really good experiences too. And I've also, I mean, I think we've, we've talked about it. We've also had bad, bad experiences. Yeah. With that, you know, I think we've pretty much covered everything that you, that we had in this episode. Uh, yeah. Anything, anything else, G? Uh, Let me just take a quick look. I guess as a uh, parting word of wisdom, a parting words of wisdom, like if there's ever a point where you're, you know, somebody is making you uncomfortable um, or you feel like it's being predatory towards you, just try to do your best to leave. Oh, you can also report people. And a lot of um, events will have a consent crew uh, these days or in a mechanism for anonym- anonymously reporting. Um And so if you feel comfortable to report something, um, you can definitely utilize those resources. Um, But yes, if you do see any um, like red flags, uh, then leaving if it's possible for you to, um, that's definitely, definitely important to get to a safe space. Yeah, this kind of circles back to my advice. Like, I feel like this applies to a lot of the levels here across all the levels actually of large to small events like a bad event is worse than going to no event at all so you know if if there's ever a point where like you know somebody's making you uncomfortable or is being you know predatory towards you like don't be afraid to just but also it's normal to be afraid in those situations too yeah i i feel like i'm there's like a very specific thing I'm referring to here. Uh, like there's sort of like that nervous anxiety of like going to an event for the first time versus like somebody is actively like making you scared. Well, oh, I would just mean, meant that I didn't want any of our audience folks to think that you were saying it's on you to leave if you're uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That, sorry about that. 
Uh, yes. It, it, I mean, obviously, if you can physically and emotionally leave, uh, leave safely. Yes. Um, but yes. Yes. Uh, that that's all. That is also true. Sorry for misunderstanding you. Oh no, it's okay. All right. So our call to action. Uh, yeah. Please share this podcast with your friends, with people that you think want to go to some kink events for the first time. Uh, people who might be nervous to know that there are other people who are equally as nervous. Uh, yeah, and uh, if you like this content and want to hear more of it or want to just show your appreciation, you're always welcome to donate at the link at the bottom of the show notes. This is M. This is G. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KNP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com, or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. So before we start, can I just say, I happened to glance up as you're first going to get water and you're bending over to like pet or talk to Hoagie. I was like, damn, that's a fine ass. It is a fine ass, isn't it? Yeah. Yo. Just just wanted to get that out there before we get started. Thank you. I do I have think, a fine ass. I think you have a fine ass. Thank you. All right.